Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plots. I am your dear man host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined by my three regular co-hosts, Matt Dennis, Flo Dennis, and James Bunkle. Stop! Stop, stop, yo, 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 what's up? It's your boys, back up here again with another episode. Remember to hit that like and subscribe button, and don't forget to ring the bell for notifications. You really ran with that, didn't you? I mean, yeah. it was it was already going, so it just. Yes. Well, normally I'd say you're reprising your roles, but who knows what's going on right now? It's all up in the air and weird. It's all gone um, a bit Pete Tong on it. <sighs> oh, it has. Nobody knows what's going on except me. <laughs> do you? Do you know what's going on? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, He's, he's 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 had time to decide what's going on. That's the thing. Well, if we follow his path, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. Well, that's true. He at least um, knows what we're going to kick off, which is more than the rest of us do. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. <laughs> there is always the element of surprise, though, as to what we might decide to do with that information. That is true. Weird things are afoot, and well, it's kind of hard to recap last episode, isn't it? A lot of shit happened. Yeah. <laughs> One might call it a bit of an aftermath of poor decisions. Hey, the some, so, 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 someone someone consider them the only decisions that could have been made in those yes. instances. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. good point. Yeah, I'm sure you think so. <laughs> anyway, yes, well, on the last episode, we saw what happened to our three adventurers, Tommy Hawkins, Sophia Landron, and Britney Sneers when they decided to destroy a uh, basically like a, a massive power generator in the shape of a, a crystal that was channeling uncomprehensible arcane forces throughout basically the whole of this dungeon that they've been going through. And it turns out when you hit something like that hard enough, it explodes in your face. They were in a bit of a rock and a hard place, or maybe we should call it in between an explosion and a bunch of spiders. And last week we saw what happened to the three of them. Brittany was incinerated, though she did use the last of her magical strength to attempt to save Sophia. But she she would say you're welcome, but she's definitely dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, answering the question a lot, potentially some of you may have held for a long time in the in GTMP is, do people actually die? It turns out, in some instances, yes. Yes, they yes. do. It's always me, though. Yes. Uh, Flo's died once, I think. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, that, yes, that was a side one. I mean... Yeah, yeah no, not, 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 as a, not as a core character, anyway. No. I, I've, not I mean, I, I, I'm not going to jinx myself, so I'm saying nothing. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You be quiet now. Obviously, smile. Quiet, you. Mm. Yes, well, unfortunately, Brittany incinerated. Tommy did die, but seems that going to the afterlife wasn't quite fitting for our little gunslinger with a lot of unfinished business. And he, I don't know if we say it's entered into a pact or is gone for some other option. Not quite a deal. It's hard to say exactly what went down, but you had a bit of a tete-a-tete with a deity of, well, that you're a little bit familiar with at this point. And perhaps you have been granted some route back. You're not sure exactly what yet. Sophia, on the other hand, knew exactly where she was going. She was going to the City of the Dead to go meet Kalemvor and, you know, relax. 
Turns out, however, the City of the Dead was under siege. A horrible shit was going on. No one knows why it was happening or what Kalemvor was doing, you know, not protecting the realm or something. And horrifying monstrosities from, let's say, probably the Dreamlands or other areas far beyond the usual spheres of existence were attacking it. And while you were there, you met your old friend Ansir. The two of you banished one of those monstrosities. And he, with a little help from Brittany's soul, managed to do something to you that should restore your life. At least that's what he thought he'd be able to achieve. He kind of implanted with you, implanted you with some sort of lingering power from one of his freshly deceased angelic brethren. And again, we don't know exactly if it's worked or not. That's where we left Sophia. All a bit stressful, isn't it? A bit. Hmm. Well, I guess we should jump in. We can't keep you in suspense forever as much as I like to. Just permanently edging you in D&D for all eternity. (laughs) (laughs) But no, no, we have to pick up somewhere. And there's really only one place to pick up. That's in a pile of corpses. Tommy... It's dark for a long time, but eventually, in that darkness, you begin to feel a weight, a pressure upon you, and you feel a sense of movement, muscles shifting, bones creaking. Something slides out of the way, and just a small amount of light seeps through. A weird kind of grayish light. In fact, you're not sure if it is light, but you can certainly make out shapes. That's a little bit odd. Your eyes dart around you, and the first thing that you look upon is a skull staring right back into your face. A little bit of panic comes over you, but you realize that the skull is inanimate. It's not a giant black skull waiting to consume you. In fact, there's a lot of skulls around you, a lot of bones and then some slightly more fleshy bodies, ones maybe a bit fresher. You realize, Tommy, that you're buried in a big pile of corpses. Can I, can I try and move my arms? Can I, can I push my yeah. way out? You start trying to move your arms, and Tommy, while you're, you're kind of trying to wriggle free a little bit here, do me a perception check, and do me an insight check. Okay. That's perception of 25, and... An insight of only five, though. Mm. For the insight, none of this seems immediately strange to you. You're more just confused, a little bit out of sorts. The perception, however, you can hear someone moving, and it sounds like muttering to themselves. And I'd say with a 25, you just about make out, always me, isn't it? Yeah, 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 you just kick me around and do whatever you want. Always me, always put upon old Jeremy. I'll show them one day, I will, I will show them. You hear someone sort of muttering to themselves discontentedly. You are able to shift your weight around a little bit to get a little bit free if you wish to try extract yourself fully. I will, but I'll I'll do it carefully. I don't want to immediately, um, somebody doesn't want to immediately attract Jeremy's attention. Do me a stealth check. A 32. 32. That would be straight up, but you'd rolled a 31 anyway, so... Because one thing you do notice, Tommy, is as you start to push yourself out of the corpses, you're in your undergarments. Oh dear. Where's my stuff? But with roll either one of them, both were more than high enough that you managed to kind of push yourself just a little bit out of the corpses, and 
few feet up, actually. They've been piled quite high in this little area that you seem to be in. That looking around, you imagine, is a part of the catacombs underneath Clan Castle Nostra, but certainly a more disused part. You can see a lot of, though the, the other areas were covered in spiderwebs, they looked fresh and not covered in dust, or these look more dusty and old. And you can see around you, like all around you, there's a huge pile of corpses, most of which have turned to just bone. The walls look a little bit more crumbled around here. It's very much in disrepair. It looks like Rogar's bedroom, to be honest. But Pretty much. Been a while since I've seen that. And perched atop these corpses, you notice that with yourself, Jeremy doesn't spot you, but you can see him now. You see this man kind of hunched over, and he's dragging bodies onto this pile, just chucking a few, one of which you recognize is one of the prisoners from earlier, the the mad one that had bitten off people's fingers. And he just chucks it onto the pile and then kind of takes a moment and you see he's sweating quite profusely and he wipes his brow and then sort of turns and puts his back against a stone pillar that's just a little bit out of your view now. You just see like his arm as he sits down and sort of takes a break. Let's see if I can extract myself fully and then drop down to uh to as close to him as i think i can get while still maintaining stealth okay you should be able to see yourself on the map over on the far left hand side but i've just moved you just about as far as you could reach just Uh, as you kind of very gingerly kind of slide down this pile of corpses and you see he's he's sat on the floor he's dressed like a servant you would imagine not particularly like fancy clothes or anything he's covered in dried blood and muck and he, he looks a bit disheveled like he's been doing hard work all day mm. Wait, sorry i can't see him yet on the map but you know where, whereabouts? tiny just to the right of you oh i see yes i see him he's he's, he's grayed out because of my, my dark vision. Mm-hmm. yeah that's fine i see him now yep so yeah i'm, I'm gonna just say hot work isn't it all that moving stuff around do you need a hand well, you bet it's hard work. Certainly I could use... Uh, he kind of turns to look at you and sort of scurries back a little bit on the floor, not even standing up. And he kind of looks up and down a little bit wide-eyed at you and goes, Oh, well, right. Didn't didn't realise you lot could talk. Um, yeah, sorry. I was, uh, yeah, I realise I'm, I'm in my pants. Uh, someone seems to have half-inch me clothes. But maybe you can give me a hand with that. But I was, no, just offering... If you needed a hand, you got any more corpses to drag into your pile? And um, maybe I can uh, give you a bit of a hand with it. Found myself at a bit of a loose end here. He sort of looks up and down at you again, and then goes, uh, um, "Master says I'm I'm not allowed to tell the zombies what to do. They won't listen." Oh, uh, you got a got a mirror or a shiny bit of metal at all nearby? Yeah, Tommy, as you think that, you just start looking around and you do catch a glimpse of your body. Your arms look grey as your legs, those bits of flesh that are on show that you can see. You don't look healthy. See, I I don't believe I'm actually a zombie, mate. Still got the old uh, free will noggin still working in there, it would appear. Had a bit of a uh, interesting few days, though. Possibly days, minutes, hours, weeks, who the fuck knows. But yeah, I'm uh, very much uh, sentient, as it were. And listen, no offence, but you're kind of putting me off giving you a hand now. Oh, uh, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, just a bit taken aback, you know. Um, 
You want to help me move the corpses? They ain't going to stop you. Master K then says they all need to get done. I need to get moving quickly. How, how many you got? You got any, seen any sort of human females with, uh, well, you smell even for a corpse with kind of crusty, unwashed hair and uh, lots of fur? As you start saying that, Tommy, you, your vision kind of swims before your eyes and Jeremy becomes very blurry. The word Kalen kind of echoes in your mind for a second and you actually stumble forward and kind of roll down the pile of corpses. It's like a throbbing pain in your head. And when you close your eyes tight, just trying to will it away, you can hear Jeremy saying something, but it's all kind of fuzzy. You can't make out what he's following up with. But you feel like pulse, akin almost to a heartbeat. You can sense it somewhere maybe behind you, but not right behind you, a little bit distant from where you are, but you feel it thrumming over and over again. You just feel this swell of murderous rage just build inside of you for a few seconds, so much it actually paralyzes you. And then when you open your eyes, you see on the floor in front of you, you don't know where it came from, but you see a single bullet an ivory-looking bullet, same color as a tooth. And you see the name Kalan scrawled into the side of it. And Jeremy is stood just sort of slightly behind you now as you've fallen forward. He's like, are you, are you all right there? Don't tell uh, me you're defective. I don't have the magic to fix you if you're broken. I'm going to reach out, steadying myself, and grab the ivory-colored bullet. And then I'm going to push myself up and go... Sorry, mate. Just uh, took a few knocks to the head recently, I think. Had a bit of a explosive time recently. I should be fine in a second. And I can oh. try, try and pull myself to my feet. Did you get caught in the collapse then? Is that why you're uh, a bit broken? Collapse, mate. Uh, enlighten me. Yeah, the steward's right pissed off he is. Apparently half the building collapsed. <laughs> I think his bosses are mad at him. The master came down and really had a go. But then he took it out on me. So, you know, not not great after that. I probably shouldn't have sniggered. <laughs> but it was difficult. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a prick anyway, that fucking uh, master of yours. Oh, well, the downstairs master's a prick. The upstairs one, he's a good man. He's he's a good man. Yeah, he is. Because one day he's going to give me the gift he is. Oh, wait. And when he does, I'm going to show the downstairs master whose boss I am. Show him right good. Well, if you give me a hand, uh, well, I'll give you a hand with these corpses anyway. That's what I, what I was offering. But while I'm doing so... Maybe I can bend your ear a little bit more about this explosion. Maybe I can, you can give me a hand, maybe finding some of my, uh, my comrades and perhaps, you know, in return, we can uh, give your downstairs master a right good fucking kicking, uh, make him wish he hadn't been born and who knows, open up a uh, new, new career pathway for you. How does that sound? Uh-huh. That's dangerous talk for a zombie, that is. <laughs> listen, mate. Listen, mate. Enough with the zombie crap, all right? Or else I'm walking the fuck out of here in my undies. All right, all right. I know you all are very touchy after.
after you die. The pair of you, if you are willing to help him, he does point you towards another pile of corpses and starts like drag. You help him drag them towards the big pile, kind of sort through. And he tells you that to look through any pockets if they're still wearing clothes, you know, strip them of anything that might be worthwhile. And while you're doing this, Tommy, I imagine you're looking for your friends. You're looking for Brittany. And I'm I'm quizzing him on where perchance my gear may have ended up if that's what we're doing, stripping people. So yeah, so pretty much that. Yeah, looking looking for Brittany, looking for um Sophia and looking for my shit. So as the pair of you are pulling these bodies together and you're quizzing him a little bit. First off, do me a persuasion for the uh, uh to see what you can get out of him. Oh dear. <laughs> so where I need that guidance again. Uh, a natural Find one. Me and I'll help you. A natural <laughs> fucking one as expected from Tommy. So I might have to do might have to try and try a different tactic. So yeah, I mean every time you try to sort of quiz him, he, he doesn't really give you a real answer. You can see that he doesn't think that you're even asking real questions. You start to get the impression that he does think you're some sort of zombie that maybe's retained the ability to speak. And the more you're kind of getting a look at yourself, you do see why. Like you catch glimpses of yourself reflected in some people's broken armor and you do look a mess. Your your skin is incredibly pallid, so so pale that it does look gray all over. You see your face has some cuts and scarring in it that hasn't healed and isn't bleeding. You look quite beaten up. Your eyes do have this very faint red glow to them. It is quite abhorrent, and I think the first few times that you see it, you do sort of almost quite violently throw whatever reflective material was there out of the way, just so you don't have to look at it. But as you keep moving bodies, you do keep catching little glimpses of yourself. What you don't find, however, is Brittany or Sophia's bodies. You do take the time to kind of move bodies out the way in like an act while you're trying to put other ones in the same place. And so far, you don't recognize anyone. Uh, so I, I guess I'm going to continue on till we're pretty low in the pile and I'm going to try the tact again. I'm going to be like, look, mate, I'm not being funny, right? But we're almost done. I'll give, I've done you a fair turn here. Uh, give me a straight answer. I am... Well, I don't know. Am I cold? Do I think I feel cold? Well, Tommy, at this point, you don't feel anything. In fact, you feel kind of strange, almost a, a hollowness. And you realize you don't have your gear, and you, yet you can see, which is a little bit odd. It's much like you still have your, your, your goggles, but you check your face a few times and you're not wearing anything. You can see in the dark, and you don't seem to be getting tired from moving these bodies. You don't seem to be sweating. The smell of the corpses... For you, there is no smell, and you realize these are it's rotting flesh. Some of these are in the worst states of decay, and none of it is turning your stomach. You feel quite odd. You, you almost feel like you want to be sick or that your stomach should be roiling, but you can't feel any of that. It's a very bizarre sensation. Yeah, look, mate, I'm not being funny or anything. I've given you, done you a fair turn here, given you a hand. Give me a straight answer. I don't expect to be spending the rest of this evening in me fucking pants for the rest of the time so can you please just give me a, an idea of where my kit might have gone to well i uh, i don't really know i guess if you had anything nice the master would have taken it probably he found a lot of corpses today and if he spotted something he always has a good eye you see a good eye for these things it's like he can sniff out magic he can 
And Tommy, do me a, an arcana check because you're you're pretty high level. You should know what he means by this. Okay. With just a little Se- bit of thought. Seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. You're pretty certain he probably has like a detect magic spell, something that Brittany or Solara would use to find shit. So. Okay. Kalen gives the corpses a quick once-over. He probably detects magic and grabs anything that's worthwhile. Right, and where does, where does he shove this gear, then? Because I've uh, got a few tasty bits I wouldn't mind getting back. Oh, well, that I don't know. Probably his office, maybe. Or he'll give it to the real master. You know, at least he should. He should do that if it's good stuff. He shouldn't keep that. That'd be wrong, you know, very wrong. So I expect he's probably kept the whole fucking lot then. Right. Um, if you want clothes, I don't know zombies got chilly, but you can take some off the bodies. Not like they need it. You're the only one moving around, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But a couple of things that perhaps uh, belonged to me at least a little bit favourable. If, if they didn't get ruined in this collapse, um, any chance, because it seems like I'm naked and a lot of them aren't. So... Any idea? Tricorner, black trench coat, anything like that. Do me a do me an investigation, Tommy. See if you can find something for you as you've been digging through here. I'd say with advantage, because you've been actually looking over this for a while. Okay. A twenty-five. Twenty-five. You don't find your tricorn hat, but you do find a jacket that's not too different to the one you would normally wear. It's quite a nice long black jacket that doesn't look too damaged. You find a few pieces of clothing that are in reasonable condition, not torn to pieces. They're a bit bloodstained and a few holes in them, but enough to kind of cobble together an outfit of sorts. You, with a 25, I'll say you also find hidden within the corpses a, um, I would say you find a short sword. Mm-hmm. And I would say that you find a crossbow with a few arrows scattered around too that's on like people's backs and things, you know. Stuff that wasn't that important to people, but at least it's a weapon of sorts. Okay. That'll, that'll do for something, at least, until I can get my gear back. All right. So, now, the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take some rags, and I'm going to wind, sort of rip them into kind of bandages, and I'm going to wind them around my face. Mm-hmm. Because the initial sight of me, if I do find any potential friendlies, might scare them off. So... I'm going to wind it round a few times, uh, going for the uh, any any Fallout fans out there, going for the Joshua Graham kind of look. <laughs> okay, so you have prepared yourself a little bit. What what do you want to do? Um, well, I haven't seen any slight nor sign of my friends, which isn't auspicious particularly. So look, obviously there's been a collapse. What's what's left of this tower? Well, this uh, where else can I? Can I get back in? And what's the best way to a certain master of yours to study? Because I did promise I'd pay him a little visit, and I do intend to uh, keep that. Oh, well, you want to get back to all your undead friends. They just go through there, and he kind of points behind, and you see there's like a break in the wall that looks like it was probably man-made at one point, but it's been disrepaired now. He's like... Back through there leads back into the catacombs. All right. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Before I go, is there any other way out here? Do you just live here amongst the corpses or do you go back through the catacombs or do you bugger off to your own from here just out of interest? 
Oh, I've got a little bed down here with some of the other servants. You know, it's where I tend to keep spend most of my time. I do what the master tells me. Just hoping that one day the real master will come and make good on his gift. Yeah, that'll be the day. <laughs> it's happened to some of the others. So I know one day it'll be my turn. Oh, you keep hoping there, mate. Uh, good luck to you in the meantime. I've got a uh, man to see about a gun or two and a corpse to make another one. So see you later. Good luck. And might just just out of interest, if you don't like the downstairs boss, probably not a great idea to mention him, mention to him that you met me. You might think he might reward you, but I have a feeling punishment instead, maybe on the table. So best keep stem. Do you think he'd be upset? Well, just put it this way. You and him don't exactly uh, see eye to eye, clearly. Me and him don't see eye to eye either. Except I've been a bit more vocal than perhaps you've been brave enough to so far. I see. Oh, he won't like that. He won't. Uh, so, probs, as I say, just best keep this between you and me. All right. Well, okay. I suppose I can. I'm going to be down here for a while anyway. Just he thinks I've got a lot to do. But he only expected me to be here, didn't he? <laughs> well, there you are. My gift to you. And I'm going to I'm going to insight check him just to see if he actually is telling the truth on that front. And eight, do. So, so I don't know if I actually. Eight. This man seems very trustworthy. Very, very trustworthy. Totes straight as straight as an arrow. This one. I don't trust him with an inch, but then should I just kill him anyway? What's one more corpse? I like uh, him. Is he likely to be missed? Up to you on that one. I don't know. Tommy, I mean, as that thought passes through your mind, you do feel something. Something just sort of, it's almost like a tingling sensation, something you're not familiar with. I'm going to ask you, do you want to... Focus on that feeling or dismiss it? I'll dismiss it for now. Okay. My, my mind's drawn back to back to the thought of of the giant skull. And the thought of killing really anyone that's not on that list right now feels like doing its bidding rather than my own. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to walk away and okay. I'm going to kind of... But I'm gonna just I'm gonna look back at him and just take one last look just to see what he's doing. Because although I, although I got a trustworthy read from him right now, I'm not really sure if I have any friends left in the world. So the moment when you look back at him, he's he's sat back down next on his back neck on that stone pillar, and he's just sort of smiling a little gleefully to himself, kind of his eyes darting around a little bit. Seems happy that he's not gonna have to do the rest of this work. And he's just going to slack off for a bit. Well, that gives me some time. I have some weapons to get and a man to kill. So I'm going to make my way stealthily without advantage. Back <laughs> in. So Tommy, I mean, as you've walked away from Jeremy, you do see the route back into the catacombs that he mentioned. But you also see, actually, to, at the end of this room, a set of stone doors, basically to the north of where you are. And where was where was the feeling of uh, that that I had very strongly orientated to me about when the when the word Kaelin came into 
That was kind of to your southeast, you would say. Okay. Not in the direction of these particular doors. But what I will say, I mean, with your passive perception, you'd spot this even from here with your dark vision and everything. You do see these doors look quite ornamental. Not quite in the style that you've seen scrawled elsewhere. So like the, the symbols in the temple section of this place were very ominous. And obviously you recognize them as being tribute to the Whispering Man. You've seen a statue to Grazitz and stuff like that that all gave very ominous vibes. Whereas down here you see these large doors to the north and they look pleasant in a strange way. Not quite as doom and gloom, even at this distance. Hmm. I might go and go wander over and just do a little uh, little perception check, maybe see if I can peek through the uh, peek through the keyholes, should there be one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I so I'll go to yeah I'll go to the uh, to the one on the right as I view it. Yeah, so you go up close to this one, and actually you now do get a very good look at it. And rather strangely, for down here, you see carvings in this door, not just symbols that you can't read but don't feel ominous, but you also see figures carved into these doors. You see what looks like um an some sort of warrior um, and he seems to be posing dramatically in a few different carvings he seems to be fighting things that look quite monstrous and evil they they look very out of place like you're uncertain how this came to be and in fact do me an investigation check on the doors okay Uh, 22 22 they look so out of place that you take a very close look at this and you realize that Something is afoot here. They don't look like they've been carved. And in fact, when you look at other areas, you notice that where the stone is raised, where you can see like the the figure of the man, or you see the, the, the symbols coming through, they almost seem to be overwriting things that may have been there previously. Like the door has literally changed. The stone itself has shifted due to some unknown force, presumably magical or something. But something about these doors has changed for some reason mm, weird can i can i see if i can i see with that the the carvings underneath or is it too kind of too over most of them are destroyed the only one that you do get a good look at with a 22 is one of those creatures that it looks like the man's fighting you get the suspicion that the man wasn't there before that it was just creatures just designed to look evil and horrifying the fact that something is now there as if it's fighting them and the picture has been changed, that strikes you as not natural. What would have changed it? Can I, is, there, is there a keyhole? Can I peek through and see what might be on the other side? Uh, you don't see a keyhole. Okay. Mm. It seemed kind of... Do, do I get the vision of heroism in this? This, this feels like a kind of, I know, alignment-wise, kind of a good something you'd see in maybe a a temple or a fighter's guild kind of place rather than... Yeah, I mean, even just from this, the feeling you get off it, actually to you, now that you're so much closer to it, it feels a little strange because you feel like you should be perhaps happy or content being there this, but it actually makes your skin tingle a little bit. You get the feeling something here is perhaps holy, something almost of the divine. It feels a little strange to you. It there's do me an insight check on yourself. Okay. <laughs> what am I thinking? Uh, twenty two again. Ah, twenty two. Nice. 
So your memories at this point are a little bit hazy. You do remember what you have to imagine was death. You do remember talking to the entity that you believe to be Baal, and you do remember agreeing to come back. And the evidence before you right now is that the body you're in is your own, but it's dead. It's difficult to reject that notion. You don't feel anything. You feel, in a sense, cold, but in a sense, nothing at all. You check your breath. You're not breathing. It's, it's an odd sensation to suddenly realize you don't have a heartbeat. It's actually a little bit panic-inducing. But again, your feelings feel a bit deadened. Like It's almost like none of this is real to you. It's like your brain's piloting a puppet. And what you start to realize is that you're not like undead you've seen before. You're not mindless. You don't feel some sort of overwhelming necromantic energy flowing through you. If anything, you feel an energy flowing through you that feels like this door. And there's a bit of a dichotomy to that, that your body is very much undead, a product of necromantic magic, but what's fueling you is not. And you know that if that was Baal, regardless of whether he's a good, bad, or indifferent god, he is a god, a divine creature. So, yeah, you've got a bit of this mix of a spark of divinity within you, tied into the concept of undeath. It's very strange. So you get both an allure and a push away from this door. So let me uh, let me just uh, let me get this straight. So Tommy, uh, a uh, a man who uh, doesn't like kings or gods or magic, is now powered by holy magic. Does seem to be the case. Man. <laughs> He's going to love this when he has time to digest it properly. <laughs> but right now, just the, the everything is just too weird. So he's going to, yeah, I think the, the the fact that he has a kind of positive sensation for the door, even if it's, well, even if it's just um, false, he doesn't feel like he's he's being lied to by this sensation. Do you know what? Maybe before he goes to uh, try and kick some ass and get some stuff, it might be worth just taking a peek at what's behind door number one. Okay. I mean, Tommy, you put your hands against it, you attempt to push it open, because you don't see a keyhole. But initially, you do meet resistance, and it's odd. You're pushing, and the door doesn't seem to want to budge. And you hear Jeremy kind of call over to you as he's looking in your direction and goes, You can't get through those doors. Nothing seems to budge them. <laughs> the masters have tried to blow them up before and just not even a scratch. <laughs> oh, your dead ass ain't getting through there. <laughs> and just as he's saying that, you feel something shift and the door swings open. Should have should have made you wager on that one, mate. I'll see you in a bit, yeah? I'm going to wander through. As you wander through... The door slams shut behind you just as you hear Jeremy start to yell something. And Tommy, as you step past the threshold, the door, as I say, slams immediately behind you. And you hear, you're not certain if it's a scream or a yell or what. The entire room is filled with this blinding light. So much so that it almost burns you. You... You worry that you've just walked straight into another explosion, like this is going to be the end already and you've only just come back. But as you're buffeted by it, almost pushed back against the doors that you just entered through, eventually it starts to fade. 
and stood in the middle of this room. This large room that you can now see has this big, you think some sort of sarcophagus or something at the back, but you'd have to get much closer to inspect it properly. But stood in front of it, you see the silhouette of a figure. A figure with large, outstretched wings that all suddenly seems to fade away and instead of this large creature, you suddenly see a rather more humanoid figure come into real focus and you see Sophia. Huh. Oh shit. That's where you got to. As you say that, the figure that looks like Sophia rushes at you, Tommy. Attempts to grab a hold of you and you see Though this creature looks like Sophia, her eyes are replaced with these two golden burning orbs, just radiating this divine light. And she grabs you by the throat with a lot more power than you're expecting, slams you against the door, and you just hear, One creature! How dare you besmatch me! How dare you stand before me! Send me back! Send me back! And then suddenly the light disappears and more humanoid eyes stare at you. The hands around your neck grow slack. And you see Sophia looking like she used to, except now her eyes have this slight golden iris where she didn't have that before. Her skin seems to be almost lightly radiating. She also isn't armored, she's in her underclothes, and she drops to the floor, just collapses before you as you kind of, well, if you were still alive, I'd say you were catching your breath, but it's more just a stunned moment as this figure just collapses at your feet. Oh, fucking hell, Sophia. Good job I don't need to breathe anymore. He doesn't respond immediately, and let's shift perspectives for a little bit here. Sophia. For you, after the heart is put into your chest, it all kind of went white. And you were getting this constant sensation of movement, like you were being pulled rapidly somewhere. And all that time, you could hear a voice echoing around you, a confused, quite angry voice, but one that sort of rung with this kind of divine and celestial fervor to it. Just echoing all around you in this blinding light. Where am I? What is this place? Why can I not move? Sophia, do you attempt to speak? No. I want it to get its bearings, I hope. So it doesn't attack me, in a way. Okay. It seems to rant and rave for a while, before eventually it seems to still for a moment, and you almost feel a focus upon you as the sensation of falling is continuing, as it feels like you're being pulled somewhere, you sense something focuses on you. Who are you? Right now, it seems like you're the other half of me. Do you remember madness dying? do you speak? Die, I do not... I cannot die. What do you speak of? You fool. This is, this is a trick. This is some foul magic play. Who are you? Where am I? I'm guessing Anseer couldn't have given me a nice person to <laughs> cohabit with. Do me an insight check. Oh, oh we're not going to get along at all, are we? Probably not yet. Oh, Twelve. Twelve. 
I mean, this creature appears erratic, and the best you can think of is that you'd probably be a bit erratic if you just died and now are somewhere that you don't understand. Tell me about it. And I'll say with a 12, I mean, you try to speak to it a little bit more, but it seems to be just not even paying attention to you. It's ranting and raving. And that sensation that it was looking at you specifically seems to fade, and then the light itself fades, and your eyes open. You are lying on a cold stone floor. You look around you, and it's all this kind of grey light everywhere. You are obviously confused. You turn your head from side to side, and you see a figure sat down, I guess probably leaning back against the wall, staring at you. This figure seems to have bandages covering its face. It's got a sword at its side and a crossbow in uh, one hand. And it's just kind of looking at you. Can I see his eyes? You can. They are like two tiny burning red pinpricks. Okay, so I start backing away. Tommy, for you, Sophia looked at you and literally started crawling back away from you. Sluggishly, she seems to be struggling to, you know, put one arm after the other to shuffle back, but she seems panicked. Fucking Soslaw, you come back as an angel and I come back as a fucking walking corpse. Hello, Sophia, it's me, Tom. You're not Tom. I am now. You're an aberration. Yeah. What have you done with my friend? Well... You don't look so great either. Probably invest in some new underwear, love. Don't look at me. Don't soil me with your gaze. Fucking hell. Back to Noble Sophia, are we? Alright. Yes, I look a bit different. Yes, we got fucked up in the explosion. Do you remember the explosion? Do I remember the explosion? Uh, Yeah, actually, you have much more of a clear memory of events. You remember pretty much everything I told you last week. Your experience of going to the City of the Dead, of seeing it under siege, of talking to Ansir. For you, that's actually quite clear. I'd say, Tommy, on your part, it's a lot more sketchy. Do I I remember this before? You remember it? But I'd say this, I mean, Tommy, as you were fading away, you did feel like you were losing bits and pieces of your memories. Not that they're gone, per se, but they feel a lot more distant now. Like, even looking at Sophia, you recognize her, you know who she is, you remember doing stuff with her, you remember Varadin, but it all feels a little, almost like it wasn't you. Like, it's just that step away from you now. It, it feels a little unnerving, if you're honest. Looking at her now, it's just, this gives you this sense of unease. You know, like, I shot a giant diamond, I think, and uh, everything went kind of white, and yeah, I think we died, basically. I died. Yeah. Came, but yeah, well, what happened? No, you shouldn't yeah, well, this, exist. You should be dead. This is what happens when you don't believe in gods, right? Um, Sophia's like, realising that she is just in her underpants and she doesn't have a weapon, whereas Tommy does have a weapon. So I think I'm still backing away. Uh, well, it, Tommy's... Do I have the sword in my... I've got the crossbow in my hand. I'm just going to, like, chuck it down and be like, look. I'm not trying to attack you or anything, Sophia. Probably uh, probably a pretty traumatic experience. I'm guessing if you didn't end up staying dead, something's not exactly gone right. Why are you back? If, why if are you back? Die? I know why I'm back. Well, why are you back? I don't need to explain myself to you. You shouldn't exist. Your eyes, Tommy. Or I don't even know what you are. Dead Tommy? T- t- 
filth. That's what you are, filth. Well, you're still a bitch and you smell like shit too, so fuck off. All right, stop being such a uh, stuck-up cunt and let's get things sorted. We've still got some people to kill. We're still stuck in this fucking place with your fucking relatives upstairs. Half the half the fucking castle's gone, but the rest of it's still very much there. It doesn't look like we did too much damage to the uh, fuckers after all. At least from what... You know an awful lot for somebody that's been dead. I'll introduce you to Jezza outside if you like. You can get some clothes as well from the big pile of corpses we created. I don't trust you, filth. I don't know what you're about. Stop calling me filth. I want to start calling you bitch. All right. The old uh, jaw doesn't work quite as well. And yeah, would appear that I am, in fact, some kind of undead. But doesn't feel like I'm powered like a zombie or one of them ones we fucking killed. How would you know? Well, I know how I feel, don't I? Why don't you have a look instead of jumping to conclusions? Do you know what? If I had my sword right now, I would strike you through and see if I dealt more damage than I was supposed to. And we'll both know that you should be dead. You are an aberration. You should not exist. Yeah, well, you could try that, Sophia, and I'll fucking put you down. But you've always been my friend, so I'm cu- and you're a bit probably fucking disorientated. So I'm cutting you a bit of slack. What are you I'm wearing? Not... Oh, I, uh, I robbed some corpses outside, woke up in my pants just like you. As I say, corpse is outside, got some clothes on him if you want to have a look. Jez is out there as well. You can make friends with him if you like, or you can be as haughty as you've been to me. Turns out he's one of their lackeys, but he's like a bottom feeder, not really much threat. So I thought I'd pump him for some information, find out what the fuck's going on. Wasn't expecting anyone else to be alive. I was hunting for your corpse and uh, Brittany's corpse in there for, oh, I don't know how long was it, about an hour, I guess, or a couple of hours. Yeah, I'd say a couple of hours probably passed yeah. doing that. It was a fair bit of work. For, for a couple of hours, try and look for your corpse or maybe find you alive if I thought you might be lucky. But here you are, bold as brass, angel wings that unfurled behind you tried to choke me out a minute ago. So do me a favour, wind your neck in. Ah, uh, yeah, that. That's going to be uh, around. That's going to be around, is it? So... Go on then. I'll explain to you what happened to me. You tell me what happened to you, and let's see whose story's fucking worse. You made a rogar, didn't you? You made a deal. That's the only way you're alive. While well, you're inf- you're this you're this messed up thing that shouldn't exist. I can emphatically state that I said I would only do what I wanted to do. I'm not beholden to anything, and I am not. Control. How long's that gonna last? Well, you know me. How often do I listen to people? How often do I do anyone's bidding? That's not changing. But I, I did. Ha- I I did have some unfinished business, so that's why I'm back here. Oh really? Did you yes. want to? I don't know. Have sex with a violinist or something? Well, I kind of did, but not so much anymore. I mainly just have three people to kill. Am I one of them? I wouldn't be surprised. Really? You wouldn't be surprised? Fuck off, Sophia. Told you to wind your neck in. How many times have I saved your life? Seems like you're the one that killed me this time. Seems like I had no other choice. And anyway, I looked at you. I asked you. You all made the same decision with me. At least. I shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. No, you, maybe we shouldn't. But, well, let's put it this way. If you like, I can tell you what happened to me. And then I'm going to have a little look around this chamber, see if there's anything I can use. And then I'm going to walk back out that way. And I'm going to go try and get some of my kit back 
and kill somebody who might be lurking down here. A man named, uh, well, a creature thing named Kaelin. So if you uh, if you want to join me, that's entirely up to you. If you want to go do your own thing, that's entirely up to you as well. See, I was, do you know what? I was actually really fucking happy to see you. Really, really fucking happy. First, sh- even moat of any hope I had that I might just be able to do what I came here to do when I saw your face. But you can't even get past appearances, can you? Have you seen yourself? Yes, it's fucking awful, isn't it? Imagine living it. What did you think I would be like? I didn't. I thought you were fucking dead. All right. When I woke up, I thought everyone was dead. I don't know where Brittany is. Maybe she's come back as a fucking vampire or something, or maybe she's blown to oblivion or is so destroyed she's in that pile of corpses, but I couldn't recognise her. I don't know. I had no idea. I saw a door ahead of me that for some weird reason resonated some kind of hope and I went through it. Weirdly for me. I did try this keyhole first, just in case I could have a peek. And here you were. You haven't found Brittany? No. As I say, I spent two hours looking for your corpse and hers in that pile. Fine. We'll keep looking. We'll keep looking, eh? You coming with? I'm not turning my back on you so you better start walking have you been in this chamber long have you had a chance to look around at all first thing i saw was your eyes your blood red eyes tommy i was in the city of the dead and then i was here with you why were you in the city of the dead why did you come back surely you should be uh chilling up there with ansir over a cup of water do not talk about ansir why not why shouldn't i he was my mate too you're not clean enough to talk about Ansir. Sophia, mm-hmm. just do me a wisdom saving throw quickly. Oh dear. <laughs> That's for being a bitch. <laughs> You're a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is just our marriage. This is eight yeah. years of shit. <laughs> basically, you, basically, this is marriage counselling and you guys are listening to a domestic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm cleaning real drama. <laughs> the uh, the the eyes may be a little bloodshot. <laughs> Dear, that's a seventeen. I see. Yes. Yeah, Sophia. When you start talking about the city of the dead and Tommy's questioning on it, you you feel a stirring in your head. You hear that muttering start to come back. That angelic voice, but it still seems lost and confused. But with a seventeen, you're able to kind of push it aside for the moment because it felt like it was welling up that you almost wouldn't be able to. St- Stop it. With the 17, you seem okay. You kind of shake your head a little bit and refocus on the conversation. I can't remember what insult I held at you now. Um, no, well, just, just, well, look here, right? I'll give you a bit more benefit of the doubt because if that's the first thing you saw, yeah, that'd shit me up too. So, how about you give me some kind of test? I don't know. Feels like a very long time. Everything, it all kind of seems a bit distant, but I, uh, I should be able to answer anything. You want to ask? In our house together. Yeah. What did you have that just moulded to you like a glove? Oh, my chair. Fucking wish I still had that. Do you know what? Of all of of all of Varadin, maybe that's the one thing that um that I would have tried to say from the dome, like if I could go back. Not the thousands of people. No, I said thing. I don't think consider <laughs> people things, do I? But I don't you know. know. You never know with the undead. Oh. 
fuck's sake. Yes, I would try and save all the fucking people. Of course I would. But, well, actually not all the people. Most of the nobles can go fuck themselves. But I would definitely save of all the objects in a fucking dome. Yes, I'm talking about the dome. Yes, I know about the dome. Yes, I know about the chair. Yes, I know about the house. Yes, I know about fucking everything. Because I'm fucking Tommy, you fucking silly cunt. Okay? Not even that plus plus two sword that you left. Yeah, well, I got some better swords and I fucking lost them, didn't I? Well, let's go fucking find them. Oh, wait a minute. Let's go blip and find them. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, coming along then, finally. Let's do it. Now, if you want to know all about what happened to me, you are more than welcome to ask. If you don't give a shit, that's also fine. Let's go outside. I'll introduce you to Jezza if he's still there. He may have called some people over, though, because I don't think I was supposed to be able to open this door. So it might be a bit interesting when we get outside. Would you like a crossbow? And I'm going to offer you freely the crossbow because I know you're a missile weapon user and kind of mechanical or, well, any any, any kind of weapon that throws like projectiles that aren't small metal balls. I've kind of lost track of how to use. So I'm going to freely offer it. You tossed it on the floor, didn't you? Well, I'm going to pick it up and, and freely offer it to you. I'm not going near you. All right. I'm going to hold it out for a little while, for an uncomfortably long time. In fact, I'm guessing you don't want the crossbow then? Drop it. Okay. I'm going to drop it. Well, I'm going to gingerly lower it to the floor because I don't want to break it. And then I kind of nod my head upwards like you should move away from it. I'm going to hold my hands up theatrically and step back. And this is how we have coffee in the morning every day. Yeah. (laughs) And I go and pick it up, testing it out. Is it got yeah, many bolts? So you found about ten bolts. Yeah, a little, little quiver of bolts next to it, I guess. Uh, yes, we can. You can have another hunt through the corpses if you like. That's if uh, if Jezza hasn't ratted us out, as I say. I go to string one and nod like I'm ready. All right. Can I just uh, check one thing before you before we go outside? Look, you're not going to just shoot me in the back with that thing, are you? Because I'd really suck. Mm, not just yet. All right. I'm going to insight checker anyway. Please do. Uh, 23, so natural 20. I don't know if you want to roll a persuasion or a deception there, uh, Sophia. (laughs) (laughs) Persuasion, then. A six, Six. for fuck's sake. Uh, I'd say this. I mean, Tommy, looking at her, do you think she's telling the truth? Yes, that she's not going to shoot you in the back, but you do see... I'd say with the 23, something definitely seems off about Sophia. And obviously what you saw when you walked into the room was very disconcerting. You see, as she's stringing the bow, she doesn't seem to notice that she's muttering to herself. And for a second, her eyes flicker back to that those burning golden eyes. And you can't quite hear what she's saying, but I'll give you a chance here to, to peer in and roll me a perception check. Okay. 21. You're rolling fire today. Well, except, except for that natural one I got earlier, yeah. You kind of strain your ears and you realize quite easily that Sophia does not know she's doing this. As she's kind of stringing the, the bolt into the crossbow, you hear her muttering to herself in a voice that is not hers, going, The foul, revenant, dis- dis- disgusting creature, this abomination besmirches this holy place. How dare it, how dare it step foot in here? 
What griefs must I suffer? What indignities to be close to such corruption? Yet in the presence of divine power, may it steal my heart, may it steal my soul against such horrors. So, fear, you appear to be talking to yourself and you sound like a haughty bloke. Do I notice? You have no idea what he's talking about, Sophia. What are you talking about? I'm just stringing up this crossbow. Just come on, let's get on with this. Right, okay. Is is this, I just checked before, first thing you saw was me, so you haven't had a look around this place. Shall I have a quick look around, see if there's anything useful before we go? You're welcome to keep an eye on me, if you like. Do a, oh my goodness, my brain is not working. Perception check for the room. Yeah, I mean, you can, if you're helping each other, roll with advantage. Do you, roll, roll, do you want to roll again? Although 20 is pretty good. 20 then. Uh, Sophia, as you look around the room, this this room is quite bare, except the, the large, quite ornately carved sarcophagus that takes up the bulk of the back of the room. You see the walls are inscribed with holy symbols that you actually realize you can read which you certainly couldn't before, and you have to assume this is Ethereal's influence on you, whether wanted or not, but you recognize Celestial as a language as you're looking across all the walls, and you realize that this place has been consecrated. It is hallowed ground, which is bizarre in a castle full of vampires, which, given how Tommy described, he wasn't, apparently he wasn't able to get through, he shouldn't have been able to get through this door. Something seems to have happened here, and you see that a lot of the writing seems to be talking about some sort of hero, some warrior, some slayer of undead, and your eyes are drawn to that large sarcophagus. Tommy, just just stay there. I need to check this out. All right, fine. I'm going to go over to it and see if there's any inscriptions around it. Yeah, certainly. So you look around this, uh, this sarcophagus, and it too is covered in celestial script. You see it seems to be dedicated to the god known as Torm, whose name you have heard mentioned on this island before when you were in Joseph's stronghold. There was a book, or a few books actually, detailing a war between the paladins of Torm and the vampires of Castle Nostra, back when it was under the rule of the Vampire Queen. And you realize that all the iconography, all the writing here seems to indicate that this sarcophagus contains a champion of Torm. I really want to be opening sarcophaguses. Oh, well. Seems a bit weird. Seems a bit sacrilegious, one might say, for a goody two-shoes. You can definitely feel a strong divine energy coming from this sarcophagus. I'm going to lay my hands on it and see if I can feel anything a rightness or a wrongness to be opening it up let's say if you put your hands upon it you feel your body kind of swell with divine energy for a moment and it feels quite calming quite pleasant in fact the room almost seems to respond to you touching the sarcophagus and tommy it actually feels a little uncomfortable for you you feel yourself instinctively backing away a little bit from the sarcophagus that kind of tingling, burning sensation on your skin is back. You imagine that if you were just a regular zombie, you might have been destroyed or sent running from this place immediately. Feeling the heat, Tommy? Um, well, the fact I'm still here kind of proves a little bit that I'm not a regular zombie, doesn't it? You'll see. 
and go to open it. Okay. You go to open the sarcophagus, and as it starts to shift this heavy stone slab off the top, we're going to leave the pair of you there. Ooh. Mm. I mean, I can't. Sorry, I couldn't swear earlier. I just. I but, just fuck you, Sophia. Fuck you. You can't swear because you're a fucking haughty, torty bitch. <laughs> well, we're going to go elsewhere for a moment because, Mr. Fate, hello. You might be muted because I've not allowed you to talk up to this point. <laughs> Shouldn't be. Ah, uh, there we are. So, Mr. Fate, the last we left you, you were being consumed by a white light of the explosion. And I'm afraid you were promised pain. And your new patron of sorts? Apparently he wasn't lying, because as your eyes open, you realize they are difficult to open. They're swollen. You feel your body racked with pain, and you realize you're restrained. You can feel cold iron digging into your skin, around your wrists, and around your ankles. You're suspended, hanging somewhere, and it's it's dark, and you can't see. The only thing you realize is that there's blood running down your face and around different parts of your body from countless little cuts. You cough, and you feel a wetness come up from your lungs. And sort of dribble down your mouth. And in front of you, that darkness seems to shift, like something's moving, but it almost feels like the darkness itself is moving, and you can hear this unnerving howling around you. Ah, I see it stirs. The strung up little piggy has some life in it. Isn't that quaint? Can I do a perception check if I can't see? I assume I can. I'd say do a perception check with disadvantage. Okay. Uh, seven. Seven. You can see something moving before you. It's almost like the shadow, the darkness around you is alive and shifting. But you can't get a good look at anything. There's certainly a figure there. You can hear its voice, but you can't tell what it is. I'm so happy you have some life left in you. It's always so disappointing when you give up so easily, you little pulls you. <laughs> well, being not sure where I am or who you are, you have me at a little bit of a disadvantage. Uh, who might you be? I have you at many disadvantages. You're going to be my little play toy for a while. It's going to be fun. But if you want to know who I am, that's perfectly fine. My name's Garrett Landrin. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. <clears throat> and, uh, Garrett Landrin, do you... Shall we say, uh, have a purpose? <laughs> Such a holy purpose I have. I'm so glad you asked. And you see something shimmer in the darkness. And then you feel pain. Something cuts you across the chest. And you feel the wet drip of blood come down. Oh, such grand purpose. I'm here for veneration, 
the holy vigil. Isn't that wonderful? To be able to feel such power around you and to be able to honor it. You're the first in a while, you know. All the others were too weak. They die so quickly. It's hard to have fun when they just give up. Well, some might say that I'm uh, used to suffering. As, uh, as a man, it is my job to suffer. And, uh, well, as a hero, it is my job to make others suffer. But, um, yes, uh, your, your delusions, whatever they may be, Maybe, uh, maybe since I, what shall I say, entertain you such, you might entertain me. <laughs> you want me to entertain you? Pray tell how so? So, just, can I just ask a question, guys? Mm -hmm. Is it really stupid to go 1v1 me, bro? Uh, do you, do you feel naked? I have absolutely not. <laughs> Well, more naked than normal. Do you feel like you have I was going to say, yeah, he would be, I'll be naked anyway. So, as far as you can tell right now, Dick, you feel like your hands are bound above your head and you are suspended against okay. a wall, presumably. Your yep. feet are bound together and chained to the ground and okay. you don't feel like you have any weapons or anything on you. You feel completely naked. Right, okay. okay. So, the odds are in your favor. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deter him, guys. <laughs> uh, 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 to be honest, I wasn't even trying to. I just want to see what happens. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So we're not doing the one v one, bro. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to see if you could have multiple of your characters die within weeks of each other. <laughs> I mean, one a year is 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 good, but one a month. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rogar lasted like four years. Yeah, but how many times did he die died? in that time? Three. <laughs> in a bit. <laughs> so my point is valid. Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Characters aren't like dogs. You can get a new one for Christmas every year. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay. So not one v one me, bro. Okay, I don't, can I? Is do I get any? Can I? Is there any looseness in any of the ropes or anything like that? Is that something that I can do a perception check for? You know, now that I'm a bit more aware. Yeah, or... yeah. Do me a perception check. Okay, cool. I say this one wouldn't be with disadvantage. You just want to sort of feel yes yeah. your restraints. And a six. So that did not go well. <laughs> you you kind of. Shake your hands a little bit, and you can't really tell, but it sounds metallic. So maybe you're chained to something. Okay. okay. So yeah. It's um, not... As you do that, and you're kind of shaking it, you're not very subtle with that, though. No, and no, no, no. You feel another cut go through you, and he goes, "I didn't say you could move. Who said you could move? If you keep moving, I'm going to have to cut bits of you off, and then you won't last very long. And that defies the point, doesn't it?" Um. Well. I suppose it depends on what the point is. You seem happy that I haven't died instantly, but uh, as a man, I uh, feel as though I would. But, uh, you know, 
attacking me while I am unarmed or, well, chained up as it would appear. It makes you seem like a bit of a bitch, doesn't it? I mean, you can try an intimidation on that one, see what you get. That wasn't what well, wasn't the idea. It was more <laughs> of a more of a persuasion. <laughs> you often it, persuade people by calling them bitches. Would, would, mm. would you like me? Would you like me to do an intimidation because I do get advantage on all intimidation? Go, go for it. Fair enough. Eighteen. Eighteen. You taunt Garrett, call him out a little bit, and you see that he does seem to get a bit frustrated and then a bit angry. And I don't know if this was your full intent, but he does seem to direct that anger towards you and you feel cut after cut going into you. He tears at you over and over again and all the time he's just screaming at you. This isn't what we were going to do, but you just have to keep running your mouth, don't you? Just running it over and over again. How am I supposed to honour the great Lord Vaughan if you just don't sh cut your little face off? If you don't shut up, I'll have to tear out your vocal cords and see if I can keep you alive long enough. I'm just going to rip you to pieces if you just can't keep that mouth shut. And you feel cut after cut go in and eventually you actually do lose consciousness you don't know how much time seems to pass but when your eyes open again you feel like you've lost a lot of blood your face feels wet totally wet and you are just pained all over but whatever was moving in the shadow in front of you is actually gone or at least it doesn't seem to be an eye shot right now you can kind of hear those haunting wails in the distance but not close to you and as your kind of blurry eyes look around you're sort of swinging from that chain just a little bit and your foot nudges against something something solid and you feel that coldness come into your chest where the symbol of grazitz is that six-fingered black hand across your across your heart basically and as you swing back towards it again and your foot touches whatever this is, that same coldness runs through you. And you let out a little smile. And that's where we're going to end the episode. I'm not arguing with fucking Matt. Well, we can do that tomorrow next week. Or in a minute. In a minute. I'll be fine. Uh -huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. Bring it. Bloody <laughs> hell, you had to align... Why is everybody aligned with... A different god. It's because that's the that's GTMP. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. At least none of us are directly working for the Whispering Man this time. Mm. <laughs> that Possibly they know better. of. Directly, yeah, I said. Directly, <laughs> as in blatantly <laughs> and obviously worshiping the Whispering Man, who it turns out is of course the antagonist of the entire podcast. <sighs> directly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I really like Jeremy. I want to see more Jeremy. Well, you know, you said that, and that kind of, like, I thought, well, maybe I won't kill him, because if I do uncover Sophia, she might not be happy that I killed him. And then, turns out, Sophia doesn't give a fuck, because Sophia is, <laughs> well... Righteous in holy anger. God. Righteous <laughs> people are the worst. <laughs> but oh, fun gonna... times. I could be more righteous. Yeah, you're going to go vegan, and you're going to try and make us, like, run our... um. I'll, uh, whatever the airship thing on, on like biofuel and stuff. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to make you drink your own piss. 
I mean, I can't do either of those things, so <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to make you drink my piss. Lovely. Holy cleansing scream? What is this? <laughs> I mean, it's got weird. <laughs> I was say, we, yeah. should, we should end before this gets weirder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> let, let, let's wrap up. Come on, let's, let's move on. Flo clearly yeah. needs to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that was Gunpowder Trees and No Plot. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, do feel free to chuck some funds our way on Patreon.com, where you can show your support, Patreon.com slash GTMP. If you want to chat to us generally, though, we're still on Twitter as it exists, and I'm not calling it X because that's stupid. I'm there as at Trees and Noah. My players are there with their player names and GTMP at the end of it. We are also on WordPress. We have a WordPress website with GTMP and a Facebook group also at GTMP. And I guess I'll hand you over to my co-host to say their own little goodbyes. Dick tells you, hello, my name is Dick Fate. The characters that you see in plays and that you see in bars are achievable metrics of men. You can be a superhero. You can be like Dick Fate. Don't let the slaves and peons try to convince you otherwise. You can have it all. Physically imposing, mentally sharp, lightning reflexes, worldly knowledge. The slaves and peons will try to influence you into being okay with mediocrity. Society will tell you it's okay to be average. I'm here to tell you it's not. Dick tells you. For only 99 gold a month. <laughs> <laughs> you too can end up chained up on a wall being tortured. <laughs> like a hero. <laughs> I'm... Look, I'm trying. I mean, we're going to war here. I'm trying to inspire people. I, we need everyone we can get. I mean, I, I, yeah, and 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 you know, ironically, you're the only one of us that's not dead. Exactly. <laughs> Presently, <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the best, the best state of the party, the most alive one, is chained up to a wall, bleeding out. Yay! Hey, <laughs> everybody. Right, I've, ro- <laughs> I've I've rolled the dice. It is hmm. a six and another dice, which is a. Two, a sixty-two. We had a sixty-two. Ooh, we haven't had sixty-two. Sixty-two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Necklace of prayer beads. Oh, I God. mean, we oh. all need some of that, don't we? Oh, Come on. God. Get the guitar and sing "Come by Our." This necklace has one D four plus two magic beads made of beads. It also has many non-magical beads made of stones, such as other beads. Uh, if a magic bead is removed from the necklace, the bead loses its magic. It's a bit weird, isn't it? So, so, so what what do they do? The GM decides DM decides the type of bead uh, of each bead on the necklace and determines uh, or determines it ra- determines it randomly. A necklace can have more than one type of bead. It's just all about fucking beads. Uh, you've said the word bead so much, it's lost all meaning. It bead, has. Bead, it really bead. has. Okay, so. So let's 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 not yeah, find I'd... this thing unless it's let's... very distinct of what type of bead they actually are, so we can use that <laughs> word instead. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't. I don't know. Okay, well, 
this that was an underwhelming end to the pod. Yeah, I'm really it was sorry. A confusing end to the pod. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh dear. Well. That weirdness aside, we're all going to go to bed. So we hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Beads. Beads. <laughs> oh dear. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects you heard during this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so be sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.